Welcome to Middle School Walk and Talk, a podcast series offering heart, hope, and health to members of our middle school communities. Take a walk with co-hosts Phyllis Fagel and Joe Mazza as they discuss self-care, student well-being, school culture, and more. Middle School Walk and Talk is a production of the Association for Middle Level Education and is designed to support the concepts outlined in our foundational text, The Successful Middle School, This We Believe. Learn more at amle.org. Today's episode, Operationalizing Kindness with special guest Houston Craft. So we're live from AMLE 22, and we have a special guest with us today, Houston Kraft, who uh, I had the pleasure and all the attendees yesterday of uh, hearing him kick off the conference. Uh, funny, smart, lots of great ideas and a, and a special message. So um, Houston, welcome to the uh, podcast. Oh, thank you. Funny, smart, and a good message. That's a that's all I need in my bio. Thank you. Keep it simple. <laughs> yeah. Keep it simple. And, um, you know, Phyllis uh, talks a lot about uh, supporting the social emotional needs of our students and our staff. And uh, your message was uh, related to that yesterday. So maybe you could just start us off by telling us a little bit about who you are for those that weren't here physically in attendance and uh, what you're uh, bringing to the middle school uh, teachers here. Yeah, well, uh, my world and work for the past over a decade is speaking in schools. I spent time speaking at about 600 middle schools and high schools uh, and realized that the things that I wanted to share and talk about weren't scalable just by being on airplanes. So came together with a hero of mine and a mentor of mine, a guy named John, who was a classroom teacher and a district administrator. And we came together to create something called Character Strong, which uh, supports schools through social emotional learning curricula and professional learning experiences. We come from a background of, uh, well, we met at summer camp and uh, I feel like middle level educators are like summer camp people, you know, they're people that get and understand the value of activity-based learning, uh, the value of building empathy in key, that key time period. And that's the work that I get to do every day, help facilitate meaningful activities and create opportunities for them to build content for their kids. So one of the messages from your keynote that I loved is this idea that kindness isn't just this amorphous thing that happens. It's actually a set of skills and something that you have to teach and something that you have to work on with kids every day. And something that I often tell parents, especially if they think that their child is being bullied or everyone is being mean, is that often it's not that kids are trying to be mean or they have an intent to hurt somebody. It's that they're clumsy or they lack social skills or there's interference, you know, jealousy, anger, something else getting in the way. Can you talk a little bit about the importance of operationalizing those skills and also how everyone listening, regardless of their role, I, I keep saying that everyone is a counselor right now, no matter what their job is in the school, how anyone working with kids right now might be able to help kids develop those skills so they can be kind. Absolutely. One of my favorite premises from the psychology world is kids do well when they can. And the only reason a, a young person wouldn't treat others well, behave positively, show up, engage, and learn is sort of two categorical reasons. One is uh, unsolved problems, and two is lagging skills. So for many of us, we have problems in the background of our lives that can affect the foreground, whether that's historical traumas or things we've experienced or active challenges going on in our life. 
those things inform the way we show up in the world. They can't not. And the other part of that is lagging skills. If I don't have the right tools in my toolbox to perform a certain task, then it's going to be harder for me to do that thing well. And that's the way I think about kindness is it's a behavior. It's a skill that exists in the world that is informed by an internal set of competencies. So if I want to behave with more kindness, I really like that idea of like kids are just being clumsy with communication is oftentimes things that are most often unintentionally hurtful. But if we teach communication skills, if we teach emotion regulation so that when students are feeling big feelings, complicated feelings, unpleasant feelings, they can regulate them enough in order to then turn around and be kind to themselves or others. And we teach things like empathy and perspective taking, which helps students imagine themselves in other people's lives and, and take on their emotions and understand where they're coming from so that they can meet them where they're at or choose to treat them differently than they might treat someone else in a way that supports other people. Those are the sorts of skills that I think live beneath the action of kindness. And so like any other competencies, we need to protect time for it. And what do we prioritize? You know, what we give our time to is what we prioritize. And in, in my world, our work is so often relegated to maybe 30 minutes, maybe once a week. And I'm like, show me the skill that you develop in less than 30 minutes once a week. Like take me to piano lessons less than 30 minutes once a week. It's going to take me a long time to improve that. So it's not just a curriculum. We need lots of other ways into that. We need to support families and provide them with tools to keep the conversation at home. We need to support educators to weave it into classroom pedagogy. And, you know, there's lots of different ways that that comes to life. Um, but the end goal in my brain is how do we create a more compassionate, kind world? But we help develop the skills that allow those behaviors to come to life. Houston, I was uh, struck yesterday when you talked about the confetti kindness and the deep kindness and, and you know, being in a school for the last 23 years and, and seeing lots of things on teacher walls and, and school walls and, you know, the, the fake plastic stuff and, and the real work. And you were just, you know, alluding to, you know, it's hard to do the real work unless you have the time built in to do it. Um, we're a ruler school. We've had Mark Brackett come in and, and emotional intelligence is something that we're growing. Many schools haven't gone there yet. So I guess, you know, if you're a middle school educator um, listening right now, how do you get them engaged in, in, in emotional intelligence, um, you know, with, with this work? Because I, I feel like there's a baseline here of someone needs to understand the value of that to move forward and, and to get deeper into the work. Yes, it's a great frame. It's, um, it's the challenge of shifting cultural paradigms, right? That's true for, for anything that you're trying to build into a school system or into a culture is our paradigms are ultimately going to drive our practices. The way that we think about things shapes the way that we act with them or prioritize them or really even hold value with them in the world. And kindness is one of those things that we say we value but we don't assign it a lot of value because the way we talk about it is oversimplified. It feels like it's supposed to be almost like an assumed thing because we believe in kindness. That means we're good at it. <laughs> it's just not the way it works. We can value lots of things in our life. We can believe in lots of things in our life and not be skilled at actually doing them or building them into our systems or our policies or our practices. So to me, the first step is always making sure we change the paradigm. What actually does it mean to be kind? And is it harder than, we, than our culture makes it seem? 
That's why I'm passionate about pulling down posters in schools that say throw kindness around like confetti. Because even though it's well-intentioned, I think it's actually harmful to the like cultural narrative of what kindness is. When we associate kindness with confetti, we make it seem simple or easy or free. And my argument is if kindness was that easy, the world would be a much more kind place. When we change that narrative, when we help understand and un unpack the gaps that we're all seeing in student isolation and loneliness, student mental health and well-being crises, including actually staff, right? Adults in our world who are struggling with those things. Yeah, I was glad to hear you talk about staff too. So oftentimes we talk about students, but if, you know, if we don't feed the staff, then they eat the students, that whole mentality, you know? So, you know, it's, it's super important. It was before COVID and now, I think we saw the impact on educators, you know, parallel with students. So, you know, I think that's a really important message that you brought yesterday in, in, in talking about the, the clarity, competence, and consistency mm. uh, part of this. And it's not just for students, it's also for staff. And, you know, as a school leader, I'm trying to, you know, reflect on my own practices every day and how intentional or not intentional I'm being about, you know, some of these, some of these topics. There's a lot to reflect on. Yeah. Over 80% of educators want to incorporate this stuff into the, the classroom. But, you know, most of the time it's a competency gap. It's like, A, is someone going to help me protect the time to do it? B, do I have meaningful or engaging professional learning experiences that support my ability to do it? Right? Because it's, that's not just why. Why does this matter? I think we need that as reminders, but it's also the how. The how is such a huge piece of the puzzle for educators. How do I do this in low burden, meaningful, practical ways? Going back to the idea of adults, because I absolutely agree with what Joe just said, I feel like there's two challenges that come into play with working with middle schoolers in particular. The first is the tendency for overtaxed, overtapped, overworked educators to personalize some of the mean feeling behavior or comments that come out of a middle schooler's mouth. And so helping educators absorb that without concluding that it means there's something wrong with the child or that they're not able to develop those skills. And the second piece of it has to do with parents, because I do believe we all need that common language, is helping them understand that just because a child makes a mistake or is mean, because sometimes they are, doesn't mean that they can't become kind or that they can't change. And we know from research that when kids believe that social skills aren't fixed or social status isn't fixed, and you can change where you are in that hierarchy, they do better. So it's important for them to believe they can change and that others can change. Yeah. But working with the adults is sometimes challenging because they can just feel pretty lousy when they're interacting with a lashing out middle schooler. How do you message that when you're talking to teachers and administrators like Joe? Uh, one of the more interesting facts that I think about often is that the character trait most associated with happiness is forgiveness. I think educators who stick in it for the long haul are skilled, and I use that word intentionally, at the practice of forgiveness. The way we think about forgiveness organizationally is separating the person from the behavior, which is a necessary skill set at the middle school level. I can love you as a person and say your behavior is not okay. Same thing's true with a family that comes in frustrated that you've disciplined or held their child accountable in some way. And it's like, no, I still love your kid. I'm going to serve your kid, but their behavior is not okay. And here's why. 
So to be able to disentangle person from behavior, you know, that is a mantra that I think educators need to hang on to in education, which is there's a reason for every behavior. Students aren't being cruel or mean out of because they don't like you directly or because that they want to be. It's because there's things that are happening in their life, skill gaps, all of those things that we've talked about. Um, but I'd come back to often cultivating the practice of forgiveness by separating people from behavior. I can hear some of my colleagues saying that forgiveness is really hard. You know, can you operationalize forgiveness a little bit first? What does that mean? Like, what is it that a teacher or a student has to do when they have had a conflict with another student? How, what does forgiveness look like in action? Yeah, I, I mean, I think there's, there's systems that can help with this. One of our tools that we teach to is called EMR, which is Establish, Maintain, Restore. And it's a simple practice where you take a, let's say, a class period that you're struggling with. Maybe you've had some negative interactions. And you go through the roster and you realize, I think one of the things in education that can feel overwhelming is some educators feel like, I have 200 plus kids that I'm trying to build relationships with and it's overwhelming and I'm exhausted. And But the EMR practice uh, allows you to get really focused on where you're gonna uh, see the, the highest impact from your actions. So you take your class roster, let's say of 30 kids, and next to each name you write an E, an M, or an R. And E means I'm still establishing a relationship with this student. M means I'm maintaining. And R means I'm in need of restoration with the student. And you might realize in a class that feels really overwhelming, you only have maybe two or three that are in the E and the two or three that are in the R category. And now I can get really specific and disciplined over this next, let's say, month, going to work on those students in particular. Because I know when I get those students right, right, it's a domino effect. It has impact on the people around them. With the R, with restoration, I think the first mental paradigm is separating person from behavior. And the second one is the practical two by 10, which is in order to restore a relationship with a student, research would say on average two minutes a day for 10 consecutive days talking about something non-academic with a student. So from a practical standpoint, don't take it personally with the mantra, there's a reason for every behavior. Separate the student from the behavior. I can still love this kid and still not accept the behavior in my classroom. And then on the far side, diagnose and say, all right, I have a few students that I can do this process with. And I, if I want to have my own well-being in this classroom, and if I want this kid to learn, then I need to restore that relationship because I know it's the foundation of being able to engage with them. Um, and that would be two minutes a day for 10 consecutive days. So Houston, uh, I'm, I was, adding to my notes from the keynote yesterday as you're speaking. So I, I appreciate you elaborating on that. And I think teachers need to hear those granular level things on what does this look like and, and take it you know, from so high above, this is a really good message to what would it look like in my classroom in the minutes that I have to work with kids. So I, I appreciate the, the details at the granular level there. So, you know, it's been great having you as a guest today. Um, I, I want our guests to know where they can find you on social media, uh, your website, um, would you share some of that information with us? Yeah, of course. Um, you can find me just about anywhere. Houston, like the city, craft with a K, like the cheese. Uh, my work is through Character Strong. It's my passion organization that I've got to build alongside an amazing team for the past many years. And so you can find that at characterstrong.com and on all our socials are at Character Strong as well. Thanks for spending some time with Phil tonight today. Appreciate it. Yeah, delight.